may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi Sweet Jacobson with Adam Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we learn. You can always send your questions and comments to our mailbag at letstalktorahgmail.com, and of course, I will answer as many as I can. I don't know what happened to saying hello. I guess a little bit low in my headphones, but we are good. So I saw a story last night that I thought was just an amazing story, and it actually fits into my topic of the day. My topic today, I wanted to talk about complaining. This week's Torah portion will talk a lot about complaining. I wanted to talk about complaining, or really, when we should not be complaining. So listen to this great story. So probably, if you've been paying attention to the news, you found out that Sidney Portier, if I'm pronouncing his name right, um, he died this week. He was a famous, very, very famous actor, well-known, well-spoken, and it seems that he gave an interview, probably one of these CBS Morning interviews many, many years ago, and somebody shared it on LinkedIn. So what happened? Um, when Sidney was about 16 years old, so he worked in a, um, he worked in a restaurant. He was a waiter. And, and uh, like all well, waiters, you know, you work, you work, you get a few tips. So it was, and there was an old Jewish man that would um, come in. So funny, my wife was talking about this this morning. You know, in the old days, you sat down for breakfast with a newspaper. Nowadays, you sit down for breakfast and you look at the news on your, on your, on your iPhone. But in any case, uh, there's this old Jewish man sitting and reading a newspaper and this Sydney is taking care of him. Whatever he's getting for it must have been lunchtime or something. And the old man um, turns to Sydney and says, uh, do you know what's going on in the news? So Sydney says, I tell you the truth. I don't know how to read. So this old Jewish gentleman looks at him and says, would you like to learn how to read? Sydney says, of course I'd like to learn how to read. Like, why not? But how, what, when? I'll stay after. And every night after the restaurant closed down, this old Jewish gentleman would sit down, I'm assuming with a newspaper, and he taught Sidney how to read. Now, if you watch the interview, a very emotional interview, like you could just see how appreciative this Sidney Poitier was that's this, that somebody cared about him. And he's the one telling the story about this old Jewish man, he's the one calling him a Jewish man, not me. He must have known somehow. Um, but took the time every day for weeks and weeks and weeks and taught him how to read. I mean, I don't know how you can uh, work in Hollywood if you can't read a script, right? So he was very, very appreciative. A person who probably had a lot in life to uh, complain about in his earlier years. But instead, when he tells over a story, he tells over a story of appreciation, which is really amazing. 
So uh, let's talk about this week's Torah portion. Let's talk about complaining. And sometimes I wonder, as a teacher, um, complaining should be an Olympic sport. There are people that are amazing. It doesn't matter what you do for them, what you say to them, what's happening in life. People complain. That's unfortunately how people are. So listen to this following story. So this story really revolves around um, Ramay Sharon Stern's father. Ramay Sharon Stern was a mashkiach. He was involved in a in a high school, post-high school in Israel. Very, very great rabbi, actually. I guess would be my great uncle, great, great uncle through my wife. Um, the story is with his father. And interesting in the story, it doesn't say his name. It says this person in the story, it says his father's name. His father's name, so the grandfather, his name was, was Shmuel Stern. Anyways, um, this, this person got very sick, very sick, went to the hospital, and there was a Professor Loeb, who was the doctor, who was in charge, and he was involved. And it got to the point that, he, that this Rabbi Stern was so weak and so sick that he told the family, he said, you might as well take him home. There is absolutely no hope for him. He's, he's, gonna, he's not going to live much longer. There's nothing the hospital can do. Take him home. So this Rabbi Stern's father, this Rabbi Shmuel, um, so obviously this story is back in the 1900s. So he gets a message to the great Chavetz Chaim. And he says, is it permissible for a person to give years of his life to somebody else? And this is actually an interesting debate. Not so simple to... In other words, it works. It seems the concept of giving years of a person's life does work. Not so simple because it's a real deal, right? Even the first man, it says, Adam, gave 70 years of his life to King David. Otherwise, King David would have lived for three hours, three months. That's it. Wouldn't have been King David. So Adam, the first man, he gave 70 years of his life. There is such a concept. So this Rabbi Shmuel sent a message to Chavetz Chaim, can I give years of my life to my son? And the Chavetz Chaim says you could, and he told him how to do it. Within a very short time, this Rabbi Stern started getting better, and his father, Shmuel, all of a sudden got sick, and within a short time, the father, this Rabbi Shmuel, died, and this Rabbi Stern lived. Um, it seems like in the story, the family eventually moved to America, and this Rabbi Stern lived another 31 years. It seems in the story, his father had been... Um, in his mid-60s. So if this Rabbi Stern lived another 31 years, it sounds like the father would have lived into his 90s. 31 years later, he dies. So his wife is sitting Shiva, mourning over her husband, who, again, couldn't have been that old in the story, but he did live 31 more years. And while she's sitting, an old man walks in. And the old man walks in and says to the wife, do you recognize me? She says, no, I'm sorry. My name is Professor Loeb. I am the doctor who told you 31 years ago that your husband was finished, was dying, was dead, no hope. God did a miracle for you. He gave you a gift of having your husband for 31 years. Don't complain. Just be thankful. 
And that is the lesson. I could stop right here. That's the lesson we want um, to take away, I guess, from this week's Torah portion and certainly from the story. We have to be careful about complaining. And it is fascinating. This week's Torah portion, the Jewish people complain over and over and over. Now, we've talked previously that God had told Moses, look, um, these are slaves. They've been slaves for many years. Um, they're not ready to just automatically be free people, so you have to deal with them gently. You have to recognize the fact that they are just becoming free. They're not ready. So sure enough, we get to the Red Sea. The Egyptian army is chasing us, and many people complain to Moses. What'd you do? You brought us out here to kill us. What were you thinking? Why are you doing this to us? It's your fault. And Moses has to tell the people, you recognize you're complaining to God, you're not complaining to me. Um, so they complain there. They're going to complain twice about water in this Torah portion. And they're also going to complain about the food. They have no food. So let's back up. Let's get into this most famous story about what's called the man or the mana, this food from heaven. And so what happens like this? They leave Egypt. They have the leftover matzah. They have the leftover matzah from the night before, from their Pesach Seder, from their Passover Seder, and that's what they're eating. So what happens is you open up your napkin, you get a little food, you eat your matzah, and I guess you figure you don't know when you're going to get food again, so you wrap it up. When you pull it out later, it's full of matzah again. And again, you eat, and you're going to save yourself some because you don't know how much uh, matzah is going to last. You close it up. You open up again the next day, full of matzah. So you now have food that's growing. It, I guess they figured out right away, as long as that there's some food that's, that's left over in the napkin, is going to keep growing. This lasts for an entire month. For the next 30 days, the entire Jewish people are surviving on this miracle food. So you see God's taking care of you. You're not a fool. You understand that there's some miracle going on over here that you are not running out of food. Month ends, no more food. Now they open up the next morning and whatever was there last night, that's it, just a few crumbs left. And they immediately go and complain to Moses. So again, it's a, it's a certain, they, they just were not comfortable yet with them being the Jewish nation and God doing miracles. And I was, as long as there's a miracle going on, so I'm surviving. As soon as the miracle ends, I don't know what to do next. And as they have no, no built up faith. They have no, they have no gas in the tank. They have nothing to rely on to say that when things are not the way they want, that God will take care of them. As when God was taking care of them, they saw things were good. But as soon as God is no longer taking care of them, so it seems, so they immediately panic. They go to Moses and they complain. Moses goes to God. God says, I hear their complaints. And, and God tells Moses, tell them about the mun. Tell them what's going to happen. And what's going to happen is every morning they're going to wake up. There's going to be a layer of dew and then this mun food and then another layer of food. And they're going to collect every single day. And the rule is no leaving over. Because 
the natural tendency of everybody is we always want some food in our back pockets. We are not comfortable beings if we don't know where food is coming from tomorrow. I mean, it's a little bit what's happening in the world right now. They're talking about the shelves are emptying out. They're not really emptying out. I was shopping in, uh, I think, Myers yesterday. I'm not saying the cereal shelves are stacked like usual. I'm not saying there aren't empty areas in the, in the section where I get cereal. And I'm not saying that the Rice Krispies that we needed to buy for a dessert um, existed. There wasn't any. And there was food. Maybe not everything I wanted. But the natural tendency of a person is that we are only comfortable when we know that we have a stocked fridge. We have a stocked pantry. We don't like to open up the fridge and see an empty fridge, even though the kids say it's half full and they say there's no food. Good, we, we know that. Right? So God has to help build up in us this concept that you had food today, why complain? What's with tomorrow? Tomorrow will be tomorrow. God will take care of you tomorrow. Again, I don't know what's happening today. Today I'm taken care of. I'll worry about tomorrow when I get to tomorrow. And again, that's going to build up within the Jewish people that every day money is going to come. Good, So you'll rely on God. And you see that every morning there's new food here for you. Shabbos, there was, it was different. The money didn't fall on Shabbos. So Friday it fell double. And again, just telling you, because you can't go collect on Shabbos, therefore it has to fall double on Friday. And since that's double Friday, uh, since it's going to fall double on Friday, so that will help you recognize the holiness of Sabbath. But for the next 40 years, the Jewish people have to live with this tremendous faith. Now, what's fascinating is, even living with this tremendous faith will not stop them from utter complaining. As I told you, this is the Torah portion where it is, Tremendous miracles. We have the splitting of the Red Sea in this Torah portion. At the same time, we also have tremendous complaining in this Torah portion. But part of it, we're trying to understand that we have to build up within us this ability to know that God takes care of us. Getting food every morning, not being allowed to leave it over from one day to the next is a very good way of understanding, of recognizing that, that, um, that God's taking care of me. So I, uh, I heard a story as uh, Rabbi Elimelech Biederman. So sometimes somebody sends me some of his, uh, some of his stories, full of stories. He's, he's in Israel. So he tells over the following story, which might be good for me, but it doesn't help. I mean, it should be good for me, but it's not really so helpful. I'll tell you why in a second. So there was a, a boy who wanted to get married, but he wanted to be supported. He wanted to sit and study Torah. He wanted to be supported. This story is going back into the 1920s. So he goes to the Chavetz Chaim, and the Chavetz Chaim says, like, what's the problem? He says, I want someone to support me so I can sit and study Torah for five years. Now, in, that, in those days, that was not as common. It was very not common, as a matter of fact. Well, nowadays, it's extremely common. It's expected that parents will will help support their children for the first couple of years of marriage. And then afterwards, they, they, they can stand on their own two feet and they're ready to move on, and then you could stop helping them. But, but they actually expect real, real support. So the Chavis Chaim says, how long do you uh, want to be supported for? He says, five years. 
So the Chavetz Chaim says, how long do you expect to live? I guess the guy was a smart guy. He, he knows that nobody knows exactly how long they're going to live. So he says, you know, King David says an average person lives 70, and then some even live 80 years. So the Chavetz Chaim says, okay, so let's say you're 20 now, right? So you expect to live another 50, 60 years. So you want to be supported for five years. Who's going to take care of you for those next 55 years? So he says, well, God will take care of me. So the Chavetz Chaim looks at him and says, so God can take care of you for the next 55 years, but the first five years he can't take care of you. Like, what exactly, what are you worried about? What are you thinking? What, what is the problem over here? So this is what the Jewish people have to get used to over here, even though, again, I'm telling you, we're going to complain about water twice. We already have the man, and two more times in this Torah portion, we're going to complain about water. And we're going to complain, we'll see, lots of complaints. Um, but there is, a, there is a, a, a purpose to this complaining also. And as, as much as we don't like the idea of people who complain, and as much as we want to teach our children, stop complaining, stop complaining, you think I'm not taking care of you, I know what's going on, complaining is not going to help, as much as we do that, um, for the Jewish people at this point in their history, there was actually a fascinating purpose to their complaining. What was the purpose? Um, so the Torah refers to the Jewish people, at least in the time of the desert, as being very stiff-necked. We were very stubborn just because you told us something didn't mean we automatically followed along. And the benefit to this amazing stubbornness was that you couldn't, as they say, pull the wool over our eyes. As Moses can't get away with stuff. As the Torah wants, wants us to see what happened to the Jewish people, and Moses giving them the Torah, Moses talking to God, but the Jewish people are stubborn. So... If what Moses is trying to pull on them is not true, they won't, they won't let it slide. Nothing is going to slide by them. And if they accepted it, so the Jewish people will accept the Torah, and the Jewish people will accept um, not leaving mud over, and the Jewish people will accept the rules and regulations for water, and they will accept their protection in those special clouds, then there's truth to that story. Because if not, they're just going to complain about it. And... They will follow through. They won't just uh, complain and then move along like sheep. That's not happening. So that's at least a side benefit to what's going on over here. So um, I told you they complained twice about the water. Right? Two fascinating stories about water in this week's story portion. That is, they arrive at a place, and the name of the place is Mara. Mara means bitter. Because the water was undrinkable. They, 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 there was nothing they could do with the water. So they complained to Moses. And again, remember, they've, they're already getting a daily portion of mun. But they got to, again, as we keep trying to say over and over, they got to build up within them their trust in God. So yeah, I'm getting food every day, but that has nothing to do with water. Aye, this you learn that you can't leave overnight and you're not complaining. And the water, you are complaining. They're just not ready. Now, it's not going to be good um, later on that we failed all these tests and all these complaints, but at least we understand where it's coming from. So God tells Moses to take a bitter stick 
you tell the certain tree, bitter stick, throw it into the bitter water, and uh, and the water will turn sweet. And he does so. What's the lesson? So the lesson is that it's not the water that's bitter. It's not the stick that's bitter. We're bitter. And it was when we are not acting properly, then we are the bitter ones, right? You think about it. People you know that are always complaining, you look at those people as being bitter. So we're the ones that are bitter. So we got to stop complaining, right? We got to look around and see how good God has made it for us and get over to complaining and then we'll be sweet and then the water will be sweet. There's other answers to this question, but this is the one that's coming to mind right now. And before we get to the next part of water, there was a beautiful story that I saw recently that I wanted to share with you. Um, so the story goes back, I thought I wrote down when the story took place. Um, the story goes back, I think, about 18 years ago. Um, there was a major snowstorm in Israel, like 18 inches of snow. Like, we're about to get hit. I don't know if Michigan's going to get hit, but I know around the country there's this major storm. Today is Wednesday. Today's Thursday, I'm sorry. By the weekend, there's going to be major snow all across the country. Hopefully, there'll be a lot of snow up north so I can do my snowmobiling in a couple weeks. But anyways, major storm. So there was a wedding, new bride and groom, and as we talked multiple times, um, when there's a when a couple gets married, so the next week, any meal that's made in their honor, so there's special blessings, and, and there'll be people that will come, and family will come. So they must have gotten married, let's say, on a Wednesday night, and so Thursday they had a party, but Friday already, massive snowstorm. Jerusalem was shut down. You were not traveling, you were not going anywhere, the country was shut down, but they were supposed to have, all their relatives were in Jerusalem, and they were supposed to have this, what they were hoping for, this beautiful Sheva Brachis with so much family, and people would, uh, would say so many nice things to them and about them. It's a very enjoyable time for a fresh couple. They like to hear people talk about them. They like to see relatives. They, it's, you know, it's the glow of being the new young married couple, and everybody kuchikus you, and the, the grandparents, and the parents, and the uncles, and the aunts, and the siblings. A very, very beautiful, warm time, especially when you have a whole Shabbos full of just hanging around with close relatives. But it was impossible. <laughs> 18 inches of snow in Israel shuts down the country. This is not uh, Michigan, where 18 inches of snow, for the most part, Unless very windy, you know, shuts you down for the morning commute. The plows come out, the streets are plowed, except my street, because they don't plow my street. But uh, in regular major streets, the streets are plowed. You can get around, okay, the kids are off school. But it, we're not shutting down for, for many, many days. That's not happening. But it shut down. So um, wherever they were living, they must have been living in a different neighborhood. So that's where they were, I guess... Um, Friday. Oh, man, and there goes the music. So a little bit of a cliffhanger. So I'm going to give you this story in the next show. We'll get back. We'll redo this story. We wouldn't want you to lose out on a really beautiful story. The music is playing. Hope you loved it. Short and sweet. Thank you, of course, to one of the sponsors. Listen to I can't do it without you. Thank you on the production team. We have David, Cisco, and Andy in the back. I hope you've some food for thought. Until next time, I am Rabbi Sweet Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on our Streamcast. Until next time, don't forget to think about it. <laughs>